to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we have an incredible guest for you, Edna Keep. Um, just a little bit about her background. She was a single mom at age 16, living in subsidized housing with a daughter in subsidized daycare. And she's become a multimillionaire and real estate entrepreneur and coaches to inspire others as well. She's also a real estate investment teacher, author of Multiple Ways to Wealth, Creating Your Prosperous Lifestyle, and has a deep understanding of what investors want in a deal. So I'm really excited to get into your story, Edna, and to hear about you know your background and how you got started in real estate. So welcome to the show. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So if you can start off, Edna, by you know sharing a little bit more about who you are, your background, and you know how you got started in real estate, that would be wonderful. Sure. Well, you know, I um, always wanted to be rich, you know, and, and not everybody realizes that at a young age, but we were just kind of your average family. And my first job, uh, because I had a child so young, I didn't get to go to university, was kind of just minimum wage. It was in an office, but we were kind of felt limited. And my family, I remember my family telling me, Henry, you have to learn to live within your means. And I'm going, oh gosh, if I got a, that was $1,200 a month at that time, if you can imagine. And I remember even thinking then, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to learn how to be rich. (laughs) You know, and I did have one cousin, one cousin out of anybody I knew that was rich. And uh, so I think eventually that's why I ended up in financial services because he worked at a bank for many years. And I thought something along financial services could probably do it. So that's how I ended up being a financial advisor. And then it was while I was working as a financial advisor, I actually had uh, clients of mine coming in and they're wanting to pull their money out of mutual funds to buy real estate. And I really didn't understand real estate at all. I remember saying, really, you want to take Uh, something out of your mutual funds to buy an asset class that pays you like 3% a year because I was only thinking appreciation, right? So some of my students as well, it's kind of more than that or some of my clients. So they thought I should check it out. So I actually ended up going to a Robert Kiyosaki class and my eyes were opened pretty wide. Uh, It was a three-hour event and then a three-day event. When we got done the three-day event, we committed to learn more. And uh, 18 months later, we owned 50 doors and five we were making 5,000 a month in cash flow. So I, I knew it was time for a change right then. It was like, uh, yeah, the, the universe is speaking to me here. I got to move on. <laughs> awesome. And so you were a mom at such a young age. And so being able to juggle that time, that time between, you know, having a family and then also with your career, how are you able to challenge be, like in that situation? How are you able to kind of like mentally keep yourself motivated and wanting to keep pushing yourself going forward? Well, you know, I think having a child young uh, motivated me to be more than I might have been just for myself. So that was one thing, but uh, I did everything on the side, you know, I was always had, they call it side hustles nowadays. I always had side hustles going on, you know, while I was working one job, I was doing other stuff, studying or working another job. And uh, that was kind of my start. And I just realized that I could accomplish a lot more than people led me to believe, you know, being a C student in school and not considered like the brainwaves or anything. But 
you can accomplish a lot if you set your mind to it and kind of set my mind to it. I didn't want to learn to live within my means and and live on nothing. Like people study that, Aileen. Can you imagine studying to be poor? (laughs) You know, learn how to cut or clip coupons and and chase the deals and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, that just wasn't for me. (laughs) No, absolutely. I think you touched on something really important because we kind of put our own limiting beliefs on our own selves in order. And then you, you create that for yourself. And so like you are able to rise above that and realize that this is not a limitation. Like I can do so much more with the resources that I have around me and I can become something that, and I can strive to be something and I'm going to achieve it. Yeah. And, and one of the key things is getting around like-minded people. You know, when we started studying the real estate stuff, I mean, even as a financial advisor, I was around some pretty good people. But real estate, becoming a real estate investor really put me around some pretty motivated people, people motivated to get out of their jobs or their businesses and and do something different, maybe affect other people's lives and, and stuff like that. And being around like-minded people like that also really opens your eyes to the possibilities. We met people who 100000 a month in cash flow and millions of dollars in real estate. And it was like, wow, that was just fascinating to us that uh, that was even a possibility. And so, you know, one of the things you mentioned was like when you first started, when you first got started in real estate, you were able to acquire 50 doors within 18 months. Can you share a little bit of how were you able to do that? And what were kind of like the steps that you took? Well, the first step we took was getting educated because first of all, we didn't know, like a lot of people think financial advisors know a little bit about everything, but we didn't. I was trained on selling mutual funds and life insurance. And that's all I knew. That's where I had all my investments, everything. And so it really opened my eyes to the possibilities of what was even available out there. So we started it just thinking it would supplement our income and supplement our wealth building. And taking the education was the big thing. We sat through a three-day event and it was Robert Kiyosaki's event. And they told, showed us all the different ways you could make, you know, become wealthy actually in real estate. It wasn't just making a living for us. It was becoming wealthy and we could see it. We could see the possibilities, you know. And they took us out outside the main uh, uh, training room and said, well, what do you want to do next? And I said, well, we want to take some, we want to advance. We want to know what's next. So they told us what was next. And we signed up for the courses. It cost us 27000 US at the time. And you know, it was the best money we ever spent. We also got, besides the training, which was a bunch of three-day weekends around Canada and US, um, we also got a coach and a mentor as part of the program for, I think, six or 12 weeks, something like that. So she helped us uh, go through our first couple purchases, which I felt really made a huge difference for us. And that was our really big start. You know, getting the training and getting a coach was the first because they even opened our minds more, you know, because at the beginning we were scared of everything. We were scared of tenants. We were scared of toilets, like everything. Our first purchase My oldest daughter, actually, because she had moved out on her own by then, she was actually living in our first purchase. So they had taken an apartment building and condo converted it in and were selling it as individual condos. And I remember the realtor drove us up to him. He said, these just came for sale. And I went, oh, wow. I said, is that one for sale? And and he looked on his list and he said, yeah, it is. And I said, well, my, I said, We'll buy that one then because my daughter just moved in there. I know I'll have a good tenant. You know, I'd always taught her to pay a rent. We never, ever missed a rent payment. And then it took us a little while to get our corporation set up and stuff. And in the meantime, she told me she met their neighbors who had lived there for 17 years. 
So I went, wow, well, maybe we'll buy them both because obviously they're a good tenant if they've been there for 17 years. So we ended up buying two side-by-side condos and we still own them actually to this day. Oh, awesome. And then, mm. so can you share a little bit of like, were you bought, purchasing all these on your own or were you working with partners at the same time? The first few were on our own. So those two we bought, we had equity in our home. So we uh, used that. And then the third one, we actually got vendor financing, which is seller financing. And how we did that is we just negotiated on the house. And then we said to her, we can probably give you a little bit better price if uh, you'd consider investor investing with us, because we had enough for the down payment, but we also knew that if we spent the money on the down payment, left it in there, we'd be stuck for a while till we could finance out something. And we knew that creative financing and bringing in investors was going to be one of our strategies. So she invested with us and she said, you know, finally, I'm going to win twice in a deal. I get my asking price and I'm going to get 6% interest on my money. Wow. She says, that's, that's awesome. And she was so excited to be part. And so that was our first foray. And then shortly after that, actually, my, the coach that we had put on a dinner for a few of her students. And there was a couple at that dinner who had started about two years prior to us. And they had like 20 houses already. And I remember thinking, oh, I really want to get to know these people. Like it was almost like a craving that I needed to get to know these people. And so we ended up partnering with them. And that was how we went from those few doors up to 50 doors in that 18 months, because they took a lot of our fear away because they'd already been through two years of buying in our market. They were local. And so, you know, we would look at certain properties and we go, oh, we would never live here. And they go, no, you, you won't live here. Your tenants are going to live here. So I really had to get my head around that. And um, and I'd say, well, you know, we don't know what to do with tenants. And they, and they actually had a property management firm. So that helped us too, you know. So and then we bought, I think, 20, 26 doors at that point together, uh, different houses and joint in joint ventures. And then uh, I was in speaking to a realtor one day and he said to me, I said, I told him I was thinking of buying 20 houses the next year with joint venture partners and stuff. And he said, Edna, why don't you just buy an apartment building? And I said, oh, I can't buy an apartment building. I don't own enough houses yet. You know, I think I must have played Monopoly too many times. And um, he said, oh yeah, you can, you could. And I go, really? And he says, yeah, you got a good solid net worth. You got good income. Uh, I know you got a partner that's property manager. Those are some of the criteria. I said, okay, well, what do you got? And he said, well, actually, he says, I have a 24 unit that I'm going to be putting on MLS tomorrow. And I said, well, so he told me about it. And uh, before I left his office, I wrote an offer that day on a 24 unit apartment building that we ended up getting. And that was what took us from 26 to 50 doors and up to the 5,000 a month in cash flow. And that was uh, just a well, at about the 18th month mark. So we were pretty excited to be able to do all that in a short period of time. You know, we ended up being inducted into Robert Kiyosaki's Hall of Fame because we'd done lots of different strategies and also got to that, uh, you know, kind of that magic point of 5,000 a month. And that's what, at that point, I couldn't even be a financial advisor anymore. I sold my practice. I couldn't sell mutual funds anymore. Didn't believe in them anymore. It was like, it was such a huge uh, growth for us and, and it was more fun and exciting and, uh, and yeah, we just loved it. So We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us. 
because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. And so then for for those first 50 units, those were all uh, partnered as joint ventures. Most of them, we ended up with like a bunch just on our own because we were able to like nowadays people are lucky if they can get three or four houses in their own personal name with mortgages mm-hmm. and stuff, or at least in Canada, that's the case. We were able to get 15 over that course. And then, and we also had a few joint venture partners in there, but it was at that point when I was meeting with the realtor saying, well, we want to buy 20 houses next year. We knew we'd have to do it with joint ventures because we'd maxed out how many mortgages we could get. And then that's when he said, well, why don't you buy an apartment building? And so that's been our main focus ever since. We're at 778 doors now. Oh, wow. So one of the limitations also people have as they're looking into getting to real estate is I don't have the funds to to do this. So how were you able to overcome that, like, you know, in terms of financially and also from the mindset standpoint? Well, you're, you picked the right key there, the mindset point. I think the mindset's the biggest thing. And the one thing that I had going for me is I've been used to dealing with large amounts of money already because I was a financial advisor and advising people on, you know, large investments already. So it was kind of a natural progression for me. Uh, and I found it easy actually to sell against mutual funds after I'd sold them for like 15 years. And so that was kind of our start. So I just would share with people what we were accomplishing, what, you know, that we'd been able to do, you know, we, that apartment building we bought, we kind of converted it and sold it out and made some good money on that. And and we were able to increase the rents from 425 to almost 1200, like all these different things we were telling them we were able to do, which increased the value. I had a lot of people interested in investing with us. And that, that's how we started. We started by just educating people, telling them what we were doing. And they'd go, wow, how can I do that? Like, can I invest with you? Yeah, sure. And, and we would just educate them on it. But I was already kind of in that frame of mind because I'd been financially advising for 15 years. And they were, wow, how can we do it? And what, do, you know, so there's a lot of questions that they have. So you just have to, uh, you know, answer all those fears and educate them. And then things start to happen. Wow. Yeah. And definitely, like you said, it it takes a little bit of time and you've already prepared yourself in terms of like the background and everything that for over 15 years being in the financial industry space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, people would ask me, I'd go back to conventions after and it's how the heck did you get 50 doors in 18 months? Like I'm on door number four and I thought I was doing good. And I would, in talking with his people, I found out that the difference between what they were doing and what we were doing is First of all, we got around like-minded people a lot. We hired a coach. We worked with a coach. Even when we, after we got our first one, we kept working with coach. We partnered with more advanced people than us and we kept moving forward. And then I was able to raise capital. So at first I thought, well, yeah, I kind of have a sweet spot there. I'm used to dealing with money. But then I realized, you know, I learned how to be a financial advisor. I didn't know how to deal with people's money. I learned. And that's kind of the other sweet spot that I've been able to help people with because that's a big that's a big key to overcome is, first of all, believing that people would want to invest with you, uh, believing that they could know enough to work with other people's money. 
and really shifting their mindset to dealing with the larger dollar amounts of an apartment building, which is, you know, one, two, three, four million dollars, as opposed to a house, which is maybe a hundred or 200,000, you know? Absolutely. And, and yeah, you, you touched on such a really great point right there. You know, people aren't born as real estate experts, as like these multimillionaires and everything that they learn and they become and they evolve over time into these people, into these, um, into to the successes that you see today. And so it's not something that, you know, you're born with, but you ultimately continue to improve and you eventually grow into it. Exactly. And that's why I put this thing up but on my uh, screen here. We always overestimate the change that'll occur in the next two years and underestimate the change that'll occur in 10. And that is so important because, you know, that first two years, like we, we accomplished a lot by getting 50 doors, but man, over the 10 years since, and like we're at 778. So the first 50 were really the hardest. They were the hardest after that. Like, I mean, now the last deal we bought was 178 all at once. Well, you don't get there. Uh, in your or very seldom get there in your first year. You know, I think the highest I've had a client buy in one year from zero to is uh, 70 doors in one year. So that is eye opening for a lot of people that that's even possible, you know? And so, you know, seeing that you've already accomplished so much to having over well over 700 doors so far, you know, what has kind of been the biggest challenge that you face as you were growing the business? Finding the right partners, because, you know, one of the things that we determined very early on is we did not want to be the property managers. We did not want to be the maintenance people. I, I was saying before, that was the biggest thing that I felt held people back at four doors. We'd ask them like, well, what happened? Like, how come you're just at four doors when they were asking, oh, why are we at 50? I determined then that it was because we worked with the right people, hired property managers, got the maintenance done, and we weren't worried about I was called, they're stepping over dollars to pick up dimes, you know, they couldn't grow because they were too busy dealing with tenants and toilets. And that is a big thing too. So the one thing with um, multifamilies, you've got to have professional property management in place and the building's got to be able to pay for repairs and maintenance, not thinking about the nickel and dimes of a, of a single family home. So we, we really liked that concept. And that was something that we just kind of adopted right from the beginning that I feel like a lot of people held themselves back by feeling like they had to do all that work and save themselves a couple hundred bucks a month instead of thinking about, you know, it's back to that when I was told uh, when I was making 1200 a month that I should learn to live within my means. It was kind of like that. They were doing that. They were trying to save that hundred bucks instead of making a hundred grand by making a new purchase or, you know, whatever. And that's, I think, a really big mindset shift too, is um, quit, quit stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. It just makes no sense. And so, and, uh, you know, what is next for you and what are you looking to do? You know, we are, I'm, we're really enjoying the coaching and training aspect. Uh, I love being able to help my students uh, expand their portfolio and, and, and really get them to start thinking bigger. Because most people, when they come to me, they've already, you know, bought a few properties. They already know they love real estate. And, but it's like, oh, they have no idea how to take what they've learned and scale it into the next level. So that's what I love to do. I love to share that. I love to sh and sh uh, share, you know, what we've been able to accomplish. Uh, we're still growing. Like we're still looking for buildings all the times ourselves. I do have partners that kind of do most of the day-to-day -day stuff because I really do like to focus most of my time on teaching others and coaching others. So that's that's my big thing is, is helping other people do what we've been able to do. So Edna, how has real estate investing impacted your life? 
Oh, in so many ways, you know, first of all, just understanding like, you know, a person can can grow their net worth in a million bucks in one deal. They can make $400,000 in one payday. Uh, and, you know, I, I didn't even think that was possible before, you know, from somebody who was earning $1,200 a month. Now I have one tenant paying me $1,200 a month rent. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, uh, it, it, that's how it's changed. So it's just blown my mind about what's even possible. And, you know, the more I'm around and, and always like look at meeting new people and expanding my awareness, I just see that I still could blow that out of the water over the next 10 years, you know, and it's just being aware of what's even possible out there. And what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Uh, hmm. Well, one thing I would like to know, you know, we had no idea that we'd ever end up this big. And uh, like, we, we really thought 50 doors, that was our maximum, we could think. We thought five, 10 years, we didn't really know. We thought way out there. So, you know, just knowing where we'd be, I think we would take less ownership positions in the buildings because, you know, a lot of times we would um, buy a building uh, and own like 60, 80% of it. And uh, in some cases, you know, especially if it's a challenging building, then we'd have to look at putting cash into the deal all by ourselves. And, and that's tough. It also limits your growth if you're relying 100% on growing with your own net worth. Uh, so having partners and, and scaling is really, it's actually easier. It's easier. I find it easier to buy 178 units and I did to buy my first condo because we were nerve wracked. We were scared. We were worried. We thought about everything that could go wrong. And the 178 units, my partners did, they found the deal. My other partner raised the majority of the capital of the deal and uh, they hired the team to do all the renovations. And, and, you know, so I had a lot less hands-on approach now than I did at the beginning. And that, again, that's, that's what you do when you scale your expertise in this is in this area that you're the best at and let other people handle the rest. And so what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate? You know, the two biggest things is one is they get educated and get a coach. That's huge. Uh, I learned that still as a financial advisor. My first uh, financial, my first coach was in 1999. I don't think I've ever been without one since. And I'm usually working with two or three at a time. Uh, so that's big because they know and they can see also blind spots that you're not seeing. And they can just open doors for you that uh, that you couldn't have done on your own. So that's one. And the other is, you know, don't deal with tenants and toilets. Let that, hire that off to somebody else at, from day one. Because mentality-wise, mental space dealing with tenants and toilets is, is a full-time job that should be arm's length from the owner. Because we get emotionally involved with our buildings. It's like, that's your baby, right? And if somebody wrecks something, it's like, ah! <laughs> and, you know, when a property manager is dealing with it, they take the emotion out of it as well. And, and because it is a business, it's treated like a business. And I think that's the the mom and pop versus the business aspect is huge. So, well, Edna, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I really appreciate that. And so if our listeners want to find out more about you, Edna, and, and learn more about your story, where can they go? Here's my website, ednakeep.com. And I will provide a resource for your listeners, which is a masterclass, which is about a 45 minute training about, uh, you know, how to use other people's money, why they would want you to and different stuff like that. So I'll provide that for you. 
And then, yeah, if they have an interest at the end of that masterclass, there's a link there. They can book a call to uh, see if they want to check it out further. And of course, I got free stuff. I'm all, you know, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and we have a Facebook group that's really popular, really nice community for people to uh, kind of hang out in when with like-minded people. And I'll give all of that to you for your uh, listeners to be part of if they're interested. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Edna, again. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.